0: but the seed and the Spirit. As followers of Christ, we tend to, uh, I think, sometimes downplay the importance of the Old Testament in, in, in our daily walk, in our daily walk with Christ. And even in the Spirit-filled, even as Spirit-filled believers, I, some, I, I feel that we sometimes really don't give the importance to uh, the, the Old Testament writings and, and because we're in an age of grace, right? And what, you know, we, we, we are in an age of grace, and yet there's a connection, and, and there's a story that's told through, from the Old Testament to the New, and what the Spirit is doing and what the Spirit is, is speaking through his people. And, and, and so there's a, there's a connection there. And Romans 15:4 says, "For everything that was written, everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught." In the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. And so what we've been looking into, and a lot, I've been, I've been loving these, um, these Tuesday n- uh, nights with, with pastor um, teaching and preaching on, on the Spirit. And uh, what we've been looking at a lot in the, in the epistles and in the book of Acts um, that's, that's that has a backstory as well, and if we go back into the Old Testament, we go back from f- to the beginning. We'll see and that backstory becoming clear, and it makes more sense of why we are here, where we are now. And so, um, it's you know this backstory is as old as time, and uh, but it's fresh and it's new for the here and now. Uh, everything written is for our benefit that God has provided for us. So if, you know, if you're at a crossroads or an in-between time, um, some, of us, some of us may be in that kind of in-between time. I believe this word tonight is for you. Um, I believe that uh, the, the, the Lord brought me to this scripture in Jeremiah 6, verse uh, 16. It says, this is what the Lord says, stand at the crossroads and look ask for the ancient paths ask where the good way is and you will find rest for your souls how many of you want rest for your souls and to walk and live in that rest ask for the ancient paths the ancient path we tend to think you know maybe the first thought is well it's it's the old testament uh, people who walked with god that ancient path i need to find out what that's like what is it but I believe the ancient path is, is, is not merely the law and the Old Testament. It's, it's a way of living which combines obedience and faith. It's, it's, uh, we, we, we see it in the life of Abraham and the others who walked with God obediently, but they combined it with faith. They combined it in, with a confidence that God is who he says he is and that he will fulfill his word. Um, So it's based on God's promises to Abraham and to his seed. And that finds fulfillment in Jesus Christ. So this seed um, is is what I want to just share a little bit about. When God speaks a word of promise to us, he often has others in mind. When God, let me say that again, when God speaks a word of promise to us, when he gives us a word, he often has others something else, others in mind. And, and, and there's no greater example of this than, than uh, when we look at the life of Abraham. How uh, And let's look at that real quick. There's a scripture here. It says, the, um, the Lord, and it's Genesis 12, 1 to 3, the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And listen to this. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Wow. That's heavy. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So when God has a word or a promise for us, he often has others in mind. (laughs) Abraham had no idea. (laughs) And yet he was obedient and faithful to, to the promises of God. And God has fulfilled his word because of his obedience. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. When we, go, when we see God pouring out his spirit in the book of Acts, and how his, the outpouring of his spirit continues today, he is, think about this, he is fulfilling his promise to Abraham. He is a faithful God. Think how faithful he is. He never forgets a promise. This should give us hope, great hope, in the faithfulness of God. No matter what we're going through, no matter what challenges we face, this should give us great hope. God is a faithful God. So the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed, the scripture says. And what does that mean? It means that the seed, not meaning, not meaning many people, but and to your seed, meaning one person who is Christ. The seed of Abraham is Christ. So we wonder, you know, why, why would, the if, if we have these promises from God, and God is faithful to fulfill his promises, why then did we need the law? And, and of course, we could, we could look at the reasons that the law came into existence, and, and, but simply put, uh, it was added because of transgressions until the seed to whom the promise referred had come. The law was given through angels and entrusted to a mediator. See, if you belong to Christ you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. There is a faith-based relationship there that goes back to Abraham. What does the scripture say about Abraham? He believed God and it was credited to him as what? As righteousness. There is a faith-based relationship. We don't have to look, uh, we don't have to look uh, just only to the New Testament to see that, we see the fulfillment of that in the New Testament. But that faith was operating in the life of Abraham as a, and as a model for us. He believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. The ancient path, it's become a faith walk for us. So we're walking that ancient path. We're walking in that way and it's a faith walk, just like it was for Abraham. But with the added benefit of a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, which Abraham did not have, so we can all thank God for that, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives that adds that life, that dimension of life and fullness that we are privileged to walk in on this side of the cross. So let's look at how we walk in this ancient path and, and translate that here into the here and now. How do we walk into the, in, in the here and now in the Spirit? And how, how, do that, how does that connect? Begin... Number, number one, we need to begin and continue with the Spirit. The Spirit, active in our lives, and when we keep Him in that personal relationship with the Spirit of God, fresh daily, it helps us stay unstuck. We can get stuck. We can get stuck in the past. And we can get stuck on things that, that don't move us forward. So when but when we maintain a relationship, a life-giving relationship with the Spirit, it helps us stay unstuck. Paul, and, and we're going to go to the Galatians, book of Galatians, so if you want to turn there, but but Paul wrote Galatians for people who were stuck in the past. He they they had forfeited the grace of God. They were, they were c- confessing believers, followers of Christ, but they had forfeited their grace of God by drifting back into law and a human effort and in it was and in this atmosphere there could be no relationship with the spirit when we go back into legalism when we go back into religiosity there can be no relationship life-giving relationship with the spirit because it stifles that and that's what was happening with the galatians and paul said to them in galatians 1 i am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all, evidently some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. So Paul hits them with a series of questions to help them get unstuck. And listen to these questions. They are pointed, and they can help us get unstuck too when we start slipping back into old ways and uh, that are, aren't life giving when we start getting uh, that spirit, when we give into a spirit of religiosity and, and rather than the spirit of life in Christ. And, and so, listen to these questions. Let me ask you only this, he says Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith, just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness? I have to read this in the, in the message um, version. Listen to how the questions are, are phrased here. You crazy Galatians, did someone put a hex on you? Have you taken leave of your senses? Someone crazy has, some, something crazy has happened, for it's obvious that you no longer have the crucified Jesus in clear focus in your lives. Notice how questions are so good at helping us get unstuck. That's why I love coaching, because coaching is asking questions, powerful questions that help people get unstuck. Get um, remove obstacles, clear the fog out of the way, and, f- and, and remember and recall what's really important to them. So he goes on to say, um, was it, uh, let, me, let me put this question to you. How did your new life begin? Was it by working your heads off to please God? Or was it by responding to God's message to you? Are you going to continue this craziness? For only crazy people would think they could complete by their own efforts, which was begun by God. Now, stop here for a minute, because I think this is really what, what, what happens when we refuse to seek and go after the spiritual gifts. The spiritual gr- gifts are gifts of grace, are, are instruments of grace, are, are undeserved, unmerited gifts of grace. And so what we've been talking about and what pastor's been teaching us for these last weeks has been about seeking and going after spiritual gifts, and yet the... And, and, uh, and and when we get into a place where we, we refuse the grace of God we're refusing or refusing the spiritual gifts we're refusing the grace of God in, in essence we're really saying no god thank you i don't need that i can do it on my own and so this is uh, this is like this is what was happening with the galatians if you he goes on to say if you weren't smart enough or strong enough to begin it how do you suppose you could perfect it do you go through this whole painful learning process for nothing Is it not yet a total loss? It is not yet a total loss, but it certainly will be if you keep this up. Answer this question Does the God who lavishly provides you with his own presence, his Holy Spirit, working things in your lives you could never do for yourselves, does he do these things because of your strenuous moral striving or because you trust him to do them in you? We need to trust. Don't these things happen among you just as they happened with Abraham? He believed God. And that act of belief was turned into a life that was right with God. The Galatians had received the Spirit by believing in faith. And we, too, have received the Spirit of God. And this, this door has become wide open to, to, uh, for us, for access to the gifts of the Spirit, and to all that God wants to give us, in terms of His resources and His, uh, His power to live a godly life. And so this door has been opened, for us. And so we receive the Spirit by believing in faith. And for the Galatians, that caused this chain reaction. When they accepted Christ and received the Spirit by faith, it caused a chain reaction of miracles and suffering. They, they didn't get one without the other, they got them both. And so I think it's not explicitly stated here, but I really think to shy away from the suffering, they sunk back into the law in and human effort because they could, go, they could go kind of just kind of blend into the Jewish community, and that was okay. They were, the Romans were okay with that, but if they started living life differently by the Spirit, there was going to be some trouble that would come. And so I think they shrunk back because of suffering and shrunk back into the law And they're going back to to, to trusting in their own effort. And and what happened? They may have lessened some of the suffering, but they also did away with the miraculous in their lives. They did away with the life-giving power of the Spirit. Life in the Spirit can get us in trouble. Life in the Spirit is risky. But we need to continue where we started. No matter the cost. So then, in Colossians 2 6, 7, it says, So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Life in the Spirit is not for the faint hearted. It's a way of dependence, it's a way of trust, and it can lead to suffering. But we must starve the spirit of legalism in our lives. We've got to starve the spirit of legalism and religion which leads to death and we must remain in the grace of Christ. We must be a people who begin and continue to prioritize life in the spirit. No turning back like the Galatians did to dead works. No reliance on the flesh. No getting stuck. And that's, uh, we got we to keep ourselves from that. No getting stuck. The spirit And then secondly, the spirit in us seals our identity. And and there's a lot about identity here when we talk about the spirit of God in our lives and and what he brings to that, to who we are and to what our awareness of who we are. And uh, we need to know to whom we belong. And the spirit in us gives us that witness that we are God's children. The spirit in us witnesses to our spirit that we are his we belong to him abraham it's interesting if you go to this um john chapter 8 and we won't look at the whole the whole thing but you look at this dialogue between jesus and the jews it's uh it's it's hilarious it's sad but it's hilarious because they're they don't know who they are first they ask jesus who are you and they and they say and, and Jesus kind of gives them a rebuke, and uh, you should know who I am. And and then they say, well, we we know Abraham. Abraham's our father. And he says, yeah, if Abraham was your father, you should be doing what he did. And and he just he just not backing down. And then they the Jews say, well, God is our only father. You know. So they re- they go back to to just having God as their father. And and where is Abraham in the mix? I don't know. But. But it's it's a really interest, interesting. If you look at John 8, I, I, um, take some time to do that. It's it's uh, this is this is a interchange between interchange a dialogue between Jesus and the Jews, and it's between a man who knew where he was from, where he was going, and how he would get there. And a, and a group of legalists who were opposite in every way. They didn't know where they were from. They didn't know where they were going, and they didn't know how they were going to get there. <clears throat> and uh, so, the good news for us is that understanding that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Galatians three seven. The Jews had the wrong order; they put it in the wrong order. Think about this: um, there was a spirit, there was a sense of entitlement on their part. Um, they started with being Abraham's children. Say we're Abraham's children, therefore we're the people of God, and that's an entitlement mentality that they that they sunk into. Uh, it was based on their own human effort and their own pride. But here's the way God sees it: Follow Jesus, know your true Father, and become true children of Abraham. That's the order we need to get it in. Become true children of Abraham. Know who you are in that order. We need a new identity, and it's mercy and humility, uh, accepting who we are. It's not entitlement that gets us there. Secondly, the spirit in us reminds us that we've gone from slavery to to being sons and daughters, from illegitimate to legitimate children to beloved children of God, from slaves to sons and daughters. The Spirit in us is a sign that our slavery is past. Amen. Because you are his sons, God sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. You are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Don't exchange life in the Spirit for slavery. It's for freedom that Christ set us free. Galatians 5, one. Stand firm then. And do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And in essence, that was what Paul was saying. That's how Paul challenged the Galatians. Don't let yourself be burdened by this yoke of slavery. You've come too far. It's, uh, you, you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good and what he can do. Don't go back. Don't live in fear. All who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Romans 8:14. I love this uh, scripture, and I don't have the reference, but it it's, it's, talks about God's spirit in us causes us to cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy, Daddy. It's proof that we're no longer slaves and strangers. We can call him Father. We belong to him. We're led by his spirit through a personal relationship with him. Let me just um, conclude by talking about just... just, just we're back to this whole idea of the connection between the seed and the spirit. And I hope you've made that connection, being Abraham's seed through faith in Christ, that we are children of Abraham, and, and, and how that translate in, translates into a life in the spirit. And so they're connected. And I love looking, looking at the continuity of the scriptures. It's, it's amazing how God put it all together, isn't it? How he planted how, how the, the Old Testament is just full of the gospel in seed form. Isn't it? It's just full of the gospel, pieces of the gospel, the good news in seed form. And then it comes to fulfillment in our day and as we read the New Testament. And it's, uh, it's awesome to look at that, that, that connection and that story. Let's let God remind us who we are Daily. Let's let him remind us who we are tonight, and that's what's on my heart. And I believe um, there are some other things that, that Cole has mentioned that that God has laid on hearts. Why? What we're going to as we spend some time at the altar tonight. But that's what has been on my heart. Let's let God remind us who we are, and stand on that solid ground of identity in Christ. Not, not just, just letting go of the striving, letting go of, of the, the past, letting go of the legalism, letting go of whatever may trip us up, and let's just let God remind us who we are tonight.